You're listening to Hidden by Design, a podcast about the stuff that you didn't know about design. My name's Martin, and this is... Hidden by Design. Nailed it. Oh, yeah, and my main name is Torbjörn. <laughs> now we, the podcast starts. And that, yeah, we should start recording now. Are you not recording? <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about creativity, and I, uh, I, I put a little bit of an Easter egg in for you. Uh, at, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> but there's two quotes of the day, and you have to pick. Uh, it's kind of like a Sophie's choice. Okay. Can I? Am I allowed to assess them, or do I have to just pick with, without looking? That's up to you. That's up to you. But but today, today, Martin, you will learn what creativity is. You will also learn what the difference is between innovation and creativity. Uh, because these are words that are being used everywhere, right? It's like, yeah, you have to be creative and you have to be innovative. And what's the difference, really? Um, so you will learn also how to be creative and get creative thoughts. And then you, <laughs> then I'm going to give you the Hidden by Design three-step guide to becoming creative. Or being creative, I guess, not becoming being. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the end... Uh, I hope that we can end up with talking about what clouds can teach us about creativity. And and so many so many good things is is coming your way. <laughs> I can tell you're excited. Oh, very very. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a, it's like it's an amazing topic uh, and it's like in the end it kind of I I guess without stealing too much of the show it, one of the one of the things that's deep inside of most of us i believe or at least in me it's like whatever you struggle with in in life the joy of creating something it's like for the sake of creating something i tend to be you know <laughs> uh, so, sometimes the inner torbjorn wants to sit in a basement by himself and just create stuff that he doesn't show to anyone because the fear of showing it is is not nice <laughs> and so if you could do this podcast as an example just the two of us never share it with too anyone late for that, that. It's too late that was like the should have said that at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> so so but you know in the word creative lies create and i think that's why it's so amazing Right, and and all we do as as designers and as creative people is is create stuff, and I think that's that's it. So now I think I opened the lid a little bit, but not too much. Let's do the quote of the day. I'm going to pick the first one because it's longer and it gives me more airtime. <laughs> 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 is that because I showed you your airtime? That's like when I do the transcripts. <laughs> no, I'd forgotten about that. Um, so creativity is inventing, experimenting, growing, taking risks, breaking rules, making mistakes, and having fun. And that is Mary Lou Cook. Which is an actress from the 20s, I think. So not 2020s. <laughs> I have to get used to that. The 1920s. So 
hearing that and thinking about that, I have like I have a question for you. What do you when I say creativity, what what does that mean to you? This is really interesting for me because I didn't realize or ever really think about being a creative. And it wasn't until maybe a year or 18 months ago, I was having a chat with someone, and they said, you realize that you've always been a creative person or someone who creates stuff. And I'd never analyzed it or thought about it because up until a few years ago, I was employed in a full-time position in an office and my hobbies were hobbies. Yet one was making music, one was photography, and I would do posters and websites and all that sort of stuff for the for the bands that I was in mainly. And they said, you realise that you've always done creative things. But because I was employed, I thought that was me. Yeah. That was my thing. I was <laughs> a worker in the rat race with everyone else, and that's what I did. Um, but looking back, I've all, like you were touching on at the beginning, I've always had or felt the need to be making something. Yep. Whether it's a song, a, a, a photo, and then the editing stage. And, and now I'm in the, the great position to be getting paid for doing something creative. You know, I'm making voices, editing those voices, putting them with music sometimes, and I'm scratching that itch every day. And because it's my profession, the, the switch has flipped now for me that's very nice that's very that's a very very nice explanation of what creativity is to you and so what if i told you that creativity doesn't exist i've also thought this as well <laughs> i i think i think it's it's a label to explain like i said i think the word make for me is better because creativity has oh that's a really creative person oh that's really creative that has connotations associated with it of and this isn't my my opinion but something that it that looks or performs excellently but creativity can be of any standard i think yeah and so and this is interesting so so when i think of or at least in the past when i've been thinking about creativity for me it was creating something new mm. and novel Right, so you think of a creative person, and you think about a person who is capable of just, you know, create something you didn't think of, right? And I guess that's 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 the second quote we didn't <laughs> we didn't touch upon. And so, so if you look at creativity from a from a scientific point of view, it's 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 really it is creating something, and it is creating something new. It's like something you came up with, right? So it does that goes into your definition as well. That when you create something, it's something you came up with. You're not just copying what someone else is doing directly. Yes. Then the question from a scientific view would be: How do you come up with these new things that no one thought about before? And then the second quote was Albert Einstein, which was creativity, seeing what others see and thinking what no one else thought. 
and that that really also frames it. So 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 I think the two quotes together kind of really really encapsulates everything, right? Is inventing, experimenting, growing, taking risks, breaking rules, making mistakes, having fun, and then seeing what everyone else is seeing and then thinking different thoughts. So if you hold on to that kind of idea, then uh, I think we, I can't remember. There was like one episode where we were talking about the, the cave. Uh, I can't remember his name now. That was season one, episode nine. <laughs> you remember his name? <laughs> the cave. It wasn't that episode. I don't, I, I was just, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to sound clever. You really had me impressed there for a moment. <laughs> But we were talking about this, it's like if you sit in a cave and don't experience, like don't have any experiences, then, you know, the world that you see and you create stuff from and your understanding of your surrounding, I think it was affordances actually, is is limited. So that was uh, season one, episode two. <laughs> but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I wasn't even close. <laughs> uh, anyways. So the idea that you can come up with something from nothing, and I think that's what people tend to have this idea. It's like he's creative. He it's like how did he came up with that idea? But actually, if you kind of cut it down, is it's like creativity is bringing something new into existence that that has value. Because if someone sits in a basement and don't share it with anyone they're not creative they're just you know doing stuff but the idea that you can create something new out of nothing is 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 kind of it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because you can't and so what typically happens when you see creative people is that they were inspired by stuff right so you see this you see this it's like you you see people being able to connect things in different ways that creates something new. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I always go back to the uh, using writing music as an example. Yeah. Like, learn, you can learn guitar. You, can be sh you could be shown how to play guitar without ever hearing any songs ever. Yeah. It would be weird that you'd never heard any music, but uh, I think... All, all musicians are a um, product of their environment, and this is this probably the same for for all all things like you've just been saying. So any music that I've ever listened to is in me somewhere, in my memories, and that comes out in the music that I create or used to create. Um, you would never say, "Yeah, I'm, I copy such and such a band," anything like that, because. Well, first of all, you're not allowed. Not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think you can take styles and things. But as I don't know where I'm going with this, but I've always used that the, the example of music. If you'd been in a cave, never heard music, and were given a guitar or shown how to play a guitar, would you be able to write a song? I know where you're going with this because I, I can answer that question as well. And and uh, so you're in luck. <laughs> Ooh, awesome. So so that's that's kind of interesting, right? So if you talk about music, I saw a program, uh, uh, a documentary about music a few years ago, where they were kind of they were interviewing people who had a brain damage, and then all of a sudden lost their sense of rhythm, 
right? And these were musicians, so it was kind of a hard blow. And But what it kind of showed is that all humans, as this is part of the reasons why we enjoy music so much, is that we are born, and like we are lying in the womb, we have this boom, boom. And this is why when you, it's like when you hear calming music, it typically is close to a heartbeat, right? That, that will calm you down, the, the rate. And so we all have this sense of rhythm. And one of the theories or ideas, at least, was that sense of rhythm come from that point. And so they interested, <laughs> they were very interested in seeing, like, when is the first child born by a woman who have a mechanical heart that doesn't go whoop, whoop, whoop? And will they also have this hmm. joy and sense of rhythm? Or will that not be there, right? So there was some very, very interesting things. So when you talk about music, would that person be able to, well, if it was the child was born by a lady, they would probably have some sort of, theoretically at least, sense of, because they that's the input, that's the only input they would have, but nothing else, right? And so, but that 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 is really, so when you're talking about music, if you think about looking at the music industry and looking at all the music that comes out, then you will you will hear about all of these, oh, this artist copied this one, and this start and intro is the exact same as this one. And there's some like amazing stories about different bands making almost identical songs, but in different places where they actually didn't see each other. And you see this thing also when parents get children and they think they're always so creative by giving their child a unique name, and then 20 years later, you find out that all of the parents of that area had the same unique idea, right? So you're kind of starting to see that pattern. And also when you think of like, if you look at music and naming and all of that being creative is the key word that, that I kind of mentioned before, but it's value. So you create something. So creativity is you create something it's new or a new constellation of old idea or things that you pick up from the world and it has value. So you have these three things and it has to have value, right? So if you invent a boot, <laughs> but instead of putting it on your feet, you put it on your hands, right? Creative idea, or is it? Because it doesn't have value to anyone. You just have boots on your hands, right? Mm -hmm. um, some would call them gloves. And maybe that is a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> I just absolutely could not come up with an idea that just d doesn't have value, right? So, but, but, but yeah. <laughs> I just invented gloves, Martin, without realizing it. <laughs> oh, nice. Well done. <laughs> so... And the cool thing about boots on your hands is that also they will keep your hands warm. <laughs> it's like, and you can do dishes, you know, in hot water without burning yourself. If it's like, if they're made of rubber, man. If you were climbing a mountain and you fell down the mountain, you would just end up walking down, tumbling, but walking with your hands and feet at the same time. Aye, 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 aye. Exactly. So I guess, I guess I'm ruining my point here. <laughs> My girlfriend, my wife, my first wife, my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> we went to a classical concert and it was, let's just say modern, and it was two hours of disharmonies. 
it, it was uh, progressive, I have to say, but it was absolutely horrific. And in the break, <laughs> my my girlfriend got physically ill. Like she felt bad from listening to it. And we were kind of like, it's like, it can't go on like this. The harmonies must come at a moment, right? And to me, that is like, and, and that's the second part of it. It's, it was new. It was progressive. It was not creative in my mind because it had no value. It was just noises and sounds, disharmonies, and it felt horrible to listen to. It's like it was not. But you had a lot of people sitting and clapping in their hands as they should. But I was not clapping because it was kind of appalled. Like it felt... It was an experience. I don't know if that's a good idea, but you all, it's like you see this all the time. Like people come up with great ideas that are not really great. They have no value and no one can use them. And it's just ugly music or it's like that, that doesn't sound good or uh, paintings that doesn't work or designs that doesn't work, right? It's like if it doesn't have value, it's not creative. So, so how do we, it's like, so, you know, if you go to the, the the area of novelty, right? Just something being novel doesn't mean that it's creative. It just it's like it just means that it's new or different. But to be truly creative, it has to be valuable. It has to have carry some sort of value. And then maybe it doesn't carry value to everyone. The classical concert apparently someone liked it. I did not. So you could put that in if you really wanted to. I doubt that anyone liked it, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> but but you have like, these are the things. And the, the, the idea that something is novel doesn't mean that it's creative, but it can be. Does, does it make sense? Or am I kind of out on a tangent? Yes, and I, for some reason, I was trying to think of something that you would say, oh, that's novel, isn't it? And the only thing... <laughs> The only sort of stuff I could come up with was, like, you know, you can buy, like, practical jokes. And, like, for example, uh, a fake poo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the floor. Um, and some go, oh, that's quite novel. Yes. And it doesn't really have any value. Unless, you know, unless you take the value from that being tricking someone or perhaps making someone laugh. But in terms of it being able to provide a service <laughs> i guess is where I'm, where I'm thinking it doesn't do anything it's just and it's and poo exists and jokes exist it's just a yeah but you put poo together and a joke together and you give it to a five-year-old or a three-year-old and to them it has value true like a bad example but it's no <laughs> it's a good example because it, it kind of shows that that creativity is not it's like when you create something it doesn't have to be for everyone it has to be for someone, right? It's just as when you design or you do your voiceover, it's like it's it. you need to know who is it for because it needs to create value for those specific. And then you want to create something new and you base that on things that you already know and then you create these connections. So in kind of this scientific world about creativity, you, we split things up into something called domains and fields, right? 
And so the domain is an area, like music is an area. And my area is games is an area, it's like a, a domain, right? And so you have all of these, physics is a domain, mathematics is a domain, uh, chemistry is a domain. Um, so you have these domains of knowledge, different domains of knowledge. And inside of each of these domains, you have fields, right? So, you know, in physics, you have quantum physics. In uh, Actually, you could say entertainment is a domain and then music is a field. And inside of that, you have jazz, uh, metal, uh, pop, uh, punk. You have all of these, you know, categories. So... So when you look at it from a big picture, you know, uh, people tend to have the idea that what you create and being creative about have to be something you can see and feel and smell, right? But it doesn't. So a programmer can be very creative about the, how they do their code. If you invent, it's like um, Albert Einstein and his the theory of relativity is very creative, but you can't see it, right? And so one of the things that you see throughout when people are very creative or create something that has, that carries the value for the many, that is seen as new and inventive, right? Then, then typically it comes from cross-domain knowledge and cross-field knowledge is you see something from a different area or you understand something new or and 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 you pull something from a place that no one saw you pulling it from and you use it as inspiration in your own domain and field to create something new and if that new novel thing have value it's created so there's something in there the the cross almost like the cross-breeding of things. Yes. I used to write a lot of jokes, and that's exactly what you do there. You you have your idea or, or, or even just a word that you want to get into a joke, and you split it off into a diagram with lots of different ideas around it, and you look for things that are related to that original idea but different Yes. on the outsides. And that's how you you create a new joke yeah yeah exactly and there's observational jokes and there's like the punchline and i think it's like what you will see in a lot of people that you consider creative you will see a curiosity as well right because because that's kind of like the essence of if you put yourself in your domain and never get outside a door your creativity will kind of narrow in so what you will see in in creativity and creative people is they typically have a curiosity about the world and everything, right? So you put anything in front of a creative person and they go like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. And you get the sense of, right? So when you were talking before and you said, it's like you, you were explaining how other people is telling you that you are creative because you never considered yourself a creative person that the story you told was all of these different things from different domains and fields within like a specific areas. It, 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 it's like that to me was what showed, well, Martin is a creative person. Not that you wrote music alone, 
but you just like doing joke and photography. And so you're kind of mixing websites. You're doing all of these different things, learning how things work. And then you combine that into being able to create something new, right? Just just quickly on on that, creating something new, something that I have realized since being self-employed and having meeting lots of different people through different businesses is you could be talking to some, you might think that you haven't got anything in common or you could never work with someone who's really far removed from what you do. And that's really not true because uh, I've got a client who I, I edit her podcast and we've been working together for a couple of nearly, nearly two years now. And she works in end of life care. So when people are dying, that's what she knows about. Oh, that's an aggressive trait, though. <laughs> wow. It's a, it's a heavy podcast to edit, let's put it that way. <laughs> what, what's the podcast called? It's called Conversations About Advanced Care Planning, and it's just about preparing for the end of life, basically. You know, that that's a, a transaction there. It's I, I edit her podcast, and the other day, we actually came up with an idea for a voiceover artist and an end of life care planner to produce something together. And I think that's exactly what you've been talking about, domains and fields crossing over. And until you have conversations with people, sometimes you might you might never think about those. So never shut off a conversation with someone you think might not be worth chatting to. Exactly. And 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 even it's like even one step deeper is the curiosity about it. Right. So your curiosity about what she is doing and an, and a genuine I can't say that word. How do you say it? Genuine? Gen- gen- genuine. 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 It's like I learned something about English today. Uh, genuine. <laughs> Ginger ale. Uh, interest in that, in that other field and in that other domain with the purpose and the intent of learning something new, right? And so uh, there's, there's, an old, there's an old saying that often gets cut off, right? It's, uh, um, uh, what is it now? Master of none. Jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. Jack of all trades, master of none. And then the rest of the saying has always been cut off, but the whole saying is, it's better to be jack of all trade and master of none than being the master of one. Mm. And so it's kind of funny because that that wording is like, it, it tells something about how if you're in a big corporation and and you have to work with a very small area of expertise, right? You become an artist or you become, you know, someone who does one thing and you get specialized in it. Then in that job, I believe that that you have a responsibility of as, a, as a human being of being curious about everything else. Because if you specialize, yes, you become very, very good at it, but you lose your creativity. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, and I'm... I really like that because there's always talk about niching in business yeah, and whether you should do that or not, or be open to other stuff. And I've always liked the idea of being open yeah, to, to other things. And, and that doesn't mean that you can't create a niche product and kind of really go into that. You just, it's like, if you want it to be, if you want it to be creative, you have to kind of think and look outside for inspiration in order to 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 go there. 
I'll just I'll explain the difference between because now we didn't talk about innovation yet, and so because that that kind of gets mixed up with with creativity, and I guess that it's like just to explain the word is when when you are creative and you do it with the purpose of making money off it. In many ways, that's innovation, right? So you have a business side to creativity. So the intent of of being creative and creative something new is to make money. And so that's why you typically see a company is innovative, but you are not, right? But if you have the intent, you know, and the company, if your company creates something new, that's an innovation, right? Does it make sense? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, and that means that innovation also comes from teams of people uh, because it's a team. It's like it's a team effort. It's a company who does something. And so, so, but in the essence and the core of it, it's the same thing. It's just one have a business side and the other one doesn't really, typically. So does that mean when a band writes a song, so there's rather than just one songwriter, there's like three or four people doing it. Does that make that innovative? If they create, like if they, so if, let's just, um, let's play with that idea. So so here's my opinion about it at least. So you have a band, it's three members, they're working on a piece of music together. So here's different routes that they can go. They can make a track or a song that's like, all of the other songs that they made, slightly different rhythm, slightly different, you know, beats, different lyrics, obviously, and then you have a new song. In some sense, the there's nothing new to that, right? It's not really being creative. You're just writing a song uh, with the intent of of making money. Right? And you can say that there's levels of creativity, like the lyrics, you're picking that out from somewhere. Again, if you're singing a love song in a country, it's like if you're a country western singer and you're singing a long song, love song about your pickup truck and, you know, your girl, you know. I'm glad you added girl on the end there because the love story <laughs> between a guy and a pickup truck would be very, very different. <laughs> and actually, I've seen photos. <laughs> <laughs> Me, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I thought that's where you was going with it. No. Don't don't Google that, by the way. So. No, don't Google it. It will scar you. Very odd. <laughs> so so the thing is, right? So if the band have to be creative, they have to look. <clears throat> they have to look outside. They they have to look outside their. Sp- sphere or their you know their domain or their field of music to come up with something creative in you know in that music that they're making right doing something new and creative um how do i explain this Right, so just making the same song that they did in all of their other tracks, right? So audience will listen to it is kind of niching down, right? We're making the same song, different lyrics, slightly different beat. Human beings like that is the same, right? So I know when I'm in a specific mood, I listen to specific bands because that's that's what I feel like, and then I feel safe in that. When in a different mood, 
I listen to new things. Like I, I go hunting for new music, right? I, I, I go hunting for that creative sound that's new that I haven't heard before. That's that's interesting. And so I guess that's that's what I'm trying to get to is if that band as a group have to be innovative and create something that that is new, has value, and also they can make money on, right? Then they're innovation. It's like they they create a new audience with a new style, something new, right? A new way of making music. The new sound. Yeah. So an example would be the introduction of techno, right? Before that, you'd only have acoustic instruments. You didn't have electronic. And so all of a sudden, someone creates uh, electronics and, and, and you have the, what is it called? The one that, that can measure wavelengths and it makes sounds. And someone who makes music thinks, oh, it makes sounds. Can I use that for something? And they take it and they put it into their music, right? And then the whole genre of electronic music was created. But there was something, someone who did it first because they took something new that no one thought about before. Everyone knew it was there. It's been there for, you know, I can't remember, 50 years or something. And they just realized, wow, this makes sounds. Let's put it in, right? On this path... I actually saw a clip just before we started recording about um, the, I guess you would call them an electronic band, Prodigy. Oh, yeah. And they was breaking down one of their songs. And I guess they felt kind of fresh and new at the time when they were coming out because they were like a band almost, but they had lots of members doing stuff. Not all of them did stuff. They just moved around on the stage and whatever. But um, he was saying in this song, there's like, I think it was seven seven or eight different samples from previous songs to make this new sound. So how does that work if, if the band is using bits of pre- old songs to create something seemingly new? So if they are kind of, you know, some of the first that do that and they came up with that idea and it creates value for some, right? So I could imagine that you pick something from an old song that everyone knows and you put it in your new song. And so it creates some sort of recognizability. And since you're doing it with electronics, it's, it's like, it's, it's creative. I, I think what I'm trying to say is creativity is subjective, right? So you can feel that you're creative, but it doesn't, if no one thinks that it adds value, it's not. So, so there's this, this idea that, Creativity is not in a person. It's between the person and society. It's like the, the, the people around you that, that, that dictates if it is, right? Because then otherwise we are back to the boots on the hands or, you know, copying someone and presenting it in a new... It's like it's... it's you have to... It's like it's, it's, a, it's a creative dance. It's like it's a collaboration between people and and the creator do we do we need to move to chapter two? Oh, we absolutely do but you need to l- read line three um right <laughs> you are so smart t 
tell me the difference between divergent and convergent. Oh, I'm so happy you asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so to anyone listening, if anyone is listening, uh, we have typically a script and a, a a a document of notes that we share, and I put this line in for Martin to read to me. <laughs> Well, I, I think script makes it sound uh, too rigid. We, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Notes, <laughs> notes. It's just I mean, notes. The, bit, the, the bit about the, the guy and his pickup truck was definitely not scripted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Divergent means thinking outwards. It means opening up and collecting inspiration, right? So this is what we were talking about when we were talking about looking at being broad and curious. It's being divergent. And... and and that's part of the creative process. Now, convergent means you kind of close down and you start the creative process. You create something. So, so, and these two, and I think they're very important. And in a moment when we get to the three-step guide of being creative, <laughs> these two are very, very important to understand. Because it, it, it means that you sometimes have to open up and sometimes you have to narrow down, right? And and just think about it like a wave that just goes open up, narrow down, open up, narrow down, right? Uh, so if we go to chapter two, which is about how to be creative, then we have that three-step guide. So step number one. Oh, well, wait. I, I was just going to say, Step one. <laughs> All right, let's do this. <laughs> so, Hidden by Designs, three-step guide to being creative. Step one. Be curious. Find ways to be inspired and map this out so that you have dots to connect. Some things? Uh, that's it. Sorry, you have to. <laughs> Step two. Connecting the dots. Hone in on the pro problem and look at the dots, process, and understand. Sometimes doing nothing, like walking or something, can't be the thing to do in the second step. Taking a walk, not just walking, but it's like go for a walk without disturbances and stuff. Step three. Uh, express your thoughts in writing and drawing, dance, get feedback, and then you repeat. You go back to step one. So to, <laughs> with that, like getting that <laughs> a little bit of a mess out of the way <laughs> is the first step is being curious. That's the divergent thinking in, in how you, and so, 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 so I think I didn't explain the dots clearly. The, the being creative is connecting the dots between the different domains and fields, right? So you understand something, and then the creative process is connecting these things. And you can say each of these knowledges will be a dot. So if you look at this as a canvas of different dots and everything, every time you learn something new, every time you get inspired, everything, like every time you collect some information, you put it on that canvas as dots in the different domains and fields. I'll, uh, I'll upload an image uh, for the episode, so you kind of get that so, uh, where I have a drawing. Now, the first one is to be curious and create as many dots on that canvas as possible. 
anything you know, anything. It's like even if you connect two dots from two domains, you put that on that board. It's like one method that's popular is brainstorming, right? You can do that in a group or by yourself or mind mapping or whatever. But it's kind of a, a good way of mapping up and remembering all of the things that you know and is inspired by. So that's a physical way of doing it. But you can also just do it in your head and go around and just be inspired, like picking up and, and, and learning things, watching movies, uh, go to museums. It's like watch videos about tractors and <laughs> engineering. It's like anything goes, right? As long as you're in that mode that you're collecting and being curious and understanding new domains, right? The second is be convergent. It's like narrow down and connect the dots, actually connect the dots. See if you can find connections between these things. Um, it's like, is there a connection between playing the flute with your nose and tractor engines, right? Maybe you can find that connection. Uh, maybe there's some talents in there that, that you can use, right? And so classically, you know, you need to sleep, you need to be well rested. And part of that being convergent is maybe just going for a walk reflecting upon it or thinking about it or not thinking about it and sometimes you'll get that moment of realizations like ah very ah if i did this right and so the the being convergent can be also kind of it's being silent and being reflective and, and and connecting the dots and then the third one and this is why for example i'm not good at drawing because my purpose of it's like let me just rephrase that I don't draw beautiful pictures because that's not my intent of drawing. My intent of drawing is to be able to explain myself and to explain ideas and concepts. So I draw every day to keep that skill up so that I quickly can sketch out ideas. So part of my creative process is drawing. So I, I draw, I express my thoughts, I Draw, it's like I write down my ideas or the connections I made in, in that convergence so I don't forget it. Or I draw, make drawings that explains it. And then once that drawing is, is, is there, I show it to someone. I say, all right, this idea, this is new. You know, how, how do you see it? Do you see value in it? Do you understand it? And then people go, mm, nah, I don't understand it. Or maybe they go like, oh, wow, that's great, right? And then you go back to the first step again and you go, all right, let me just draw a lot of new dots. And at some point you get to that moment where people say, wow, man. And so if you go back to the music thing, right? So you collect information, you go around, you listen to sounds, you do, you investigate, you listen to poems, you, you observe yourself because you want to write a personal song. You do all of that stuff. It's part of the, 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 the divergent step one. And then the second one, you actually sit down and you try to connect these things and you, you walk around and your, your thoughts get. And then in the end, you write your first piece, right? You were, write the first version of that song and you go like, mm, there's something missing. And you go back to step one and you, you kind of express yourself. And so that's a three-step guide. And you probably recognize this from you know design thinking or other people trying to express or explain what creative creativity is like how to be how to invent and be innovative and all of that stuff right so 
So I guess that was three-step guide clumsily presented by uh, Martin and Mr. T. You put my name first. Make me sound like the bad one. <laughs> Skill, luck, talent, being naive, all of this kind of, you know, so the question comes up, do I need to be smart or talented? It's like, what's what's talent and creativity? Can you have a talent for music, as an example? Or do I have to be, how do I approach it? And so that's where naivety, as like naivety comes in, right? Is when you're curious, in my mind, being naive is a good approach. Thinking that it's like just believing everything you see, understanding it, because it doesn't need to be true for you to be creative. So entering a field or a domain that you don't know and talking to people, it's like having that naive, blue-eyed kind of approach to it's like, ah, it's like a new curious world. And then obviously being smart, it's like I typically say that there's a difference between <laughs> having a high IQ and being smart. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have a high, it's like it helps you, but you can be creative without that because you can be smart and smart is being reflective, right? Typically classical, one of the things you will see with people with a high IQ is they have trouble with step number one. And, and the reason why they have a trouble with step number one is that they, it's like a high IQ is the ability to connect the dots really, really fast. Like they see, understand a system really, really fast and they connect that dot. So they will come up with a solution immediately and then that will be the right solution. And they'll be stubborn about it because they know it's like having a high IQ, they know that it will work. And so they miss that whole thing of going back to step one and actually opening up. So if you have a very high IQ, it means that you have to be aware of the divergent part of your process. You really need to, to to pay attention to that because you would have a tendency of jumping to conclusions immediately. Uh, I hope that makes sense because it's it's not a bad thing. It's just not a necessity for being creative. Uh, obviously, you have to have some sort of, of intellect that enables you to understand different fields and understand what people, and typically having a broad interest will bring you kind of that knowledge uh, and make you knowledgeable and, and enable you to create these dots. I hope this kind of makes sense. Yeah, for the talented part, I was thinking there's sort of two ways that I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Because you could be a really, really talented guitarist, for example, but unable to write your own stuff. Yeah, and, and that's about specialization, I believe, right? So you can be talented because you're really, really practiced and practiced and practiced, and so you have the technique, but you never bother to kind of explore that other area, if that makes sense. Yeah. So so you have that, you know, being talented, and, and, and I think that's why, the, you know, the music, the music part we talked about earlier, right? If I was born by a woman with a mechanical heart, would I be able to understand a beat? Like, would that calm me down or would that, like, would that, would I associate with that? If, if I wasn't born by a real woman, if I was born in a, you know, laboratory, would, would, would that miss, would I miss that talent, right? And so, because you, you, it's like you meet people in your life where you think, oh, that person is tone deaf. 
They simply don't have the talent, right? And we're back to nature or nurture, right? Where does it come from? Uh, and and it's like a high IQ you get from nature, right? You, you know that there's stuff, you know, your brain kind of can or cannot do stuff. But how that plays into to being a creative, I think it's 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 a way of finding. It's like you have if you want to be creative, everyone can be creative. You don't need to be smart. You don't need to have a special talent. It helps being consciously naive and open and curious about different things in order to be creative, I think was 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 trying to say. So then to end this up, so because I promised that in the beginning, it's like, what do clouds have? It's like, what can clouds teach us about creativity? And and I think I think that's that to me kind of sums it all up, right? Because when you're lying there, it's like just imagine you're lying on a field, grass, flowers, and it's a blue sky with fluffy clouds on it. And you're looking at these clouds and you see if you can see patterns in it. It goes a little bit back to, you know, Gestalt and all of these rules for how we perceive the world. But what happens is that if you look at a cloud and it looks like a dragon, you go, look, it looks like a dragon. And the people around you will be able to see that's a dragon because they can draw the same reference. But you saw it and they didn't, right? Because you connected the dots. You kind of looked at the shape and you go, that looked like that. Another person might see a rabbit. And when they say that's a rabbit, they're connecting the dots from, you know, an abstract form and, and putting it into something real. So, so you have this thing, if someone then says, look, a submarine, and everyone goes like, How, you know, there's no submarine. No one can see it, right? Then you're kind of in the, it's like the area of bizarre. It doesn't have value. No one can see and connect the dots. And so you can use that, like looking at clouds, looking at shapes, looking at different things to train your creative mind as well. Uh, I don't know. It's like, I, it this played out differently in my head martin did it sound better in your head i like that because it made me think about um how clouds are always changing as well so you can see new things connect connect different dots all the time exactly exactly and i guess that's it martin <laughs> nailed it <laughs> <laughs> today you learned the difference between innovation and creativity you learned how to be creative through uh, and get creative thoughts and you know the three-step guide to becoming creative absolutely amazing three-step guide right and then in the end what clouds could teach us about creativity <laughs> i don't know the clouds thing didn't come out as i expected it to i'm sorry Thank you for listening to another episode of Hidden by Design. You can find out more about us at hiddenbydesign.net or you can find us on LinkedIn. My name is Martin Wiskin. This is Torbjorn Lingard Sorensen. No, yes, got it. That's good. You can also like, subscribe, follow the podcast on all of the platforms. That's important. Do follow it on all of the platforms. Give us five stars and an excellent review, please, as well. Thank you. Can I say something? No. We love you. I said something anyways. I'm a bad boy. <laughs>